Good day, listeners and viewers. We are still on the book, The Self-Scar Church, for this episode of All Things Faith Walk, where the Word of God is made practical. You have now joined another episode of All Things Faith Walk. And this is where we teach the Word of God in practical terms so that we can walk out the Word of God. I did a previous episode on chapter one of the book, The Self-Scarred Church, The Seven Most Damaging Self-Inflicted Wounds to the Church. I covered chapter one, which talks about the setting things in perspective, looking at the human race, how we are created and how we are wired and why we function the way we function. And so today I want to start on the first of seven self-inflicted wounds to the body of Christ. And the first wound we're going to talk about is lack of vision. Before I get into it, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downer. My Twitter handle is Books Rosemary and my website is booksbyrosemary.com. So I'm inviting you to subscribe. I am inviting you to like what you hear. I'm, I'm inviting you to share what you hear and follow me so that we can um, learn together. I, I like to interact and engage with the viewers and listeners. So again, I'm coming out of the book, The Self-Scar Church. This book can be found on Amazon, can be found on Barnes & Noble, and you can also find it on my website, bookbyrosemarie.com. Okay? All right. So... Um, the first chapter was titled, Putting Things in Perspective. This chapter is going to be looking at wound number one, lack of vision. I would encourage you to get the book. It is way more detailed than what I'm covering here. So I'm just pulling out nuggets and highlights from each chapter and discuss each wound with the hope that you would find it intriguing enough. Read the book to get further detail about what I'm saying. Wound number two is survival mentality. Wound number three is anti-pharisaical tendencies. Wound number four is crab syndrome. Number five is poverty mentality. Number six is recognition curse. And number seven is king leadership. So we're now going to talk about the first wound, which is lack of vision. First, let's establish what vision is. A go-to scripture when we talk about vision in the context of the church is Proverbs 29, verse 18, the first part of that verse. And it says, where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation of the future or where there is no vision, people throw off self-control, personal discipline and restraint. The King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So without vision, people have no self-control. People have no discipline and people have no restraint. Why? Because there's no direction. There's no pointed goal. There's no target. So you basically just flounder around and do things however you do things. But the goal is to have a vision. So vision creates the environment for both personal and corporate discipline. When there's a vision, as an individual, your behavior is tailored. 
And when there is a vision as a body of people, the way you conduct the body, the, the way you lead the body, the way the body functions is curtailed and refined and defined by that vision. So vision is a picture of a better future. Um, usually vision is not foreseeing something worse. Because remember, where there is no vision, people perish. So vision is always a view, a projection of something that is better than the present. Again, keep in mind we're talking about a wound to the church, lack of vision. And let me also say that when I say lack of vision being in the church, I am not speaking of the church universal. I'm speaking of local assemblies. So again, vision is a picture of a better future. Vision is closely tied to urgency for change. Vision disconnects from the present and connect the person from the heart and drive and passion to what they can see the present becoming. So there is discontent with the status quo when there's vision. There's discontent with the present state of things when there is vision. Vision is an optimistic view of the future, a better future, and the conviction that this better future can be realized. That's vision. A church leader must have that mindset in order for the ministry to progress, a better picture of the future, something bigger and better than what it is now, versus just staying where you are and doing things the way you're doing it. So can one be a leader and have no vision? That's a question to be considered. Can one be a pastor and not have a vision? Can one be a ministry lead and not have a vision? Can you be the head of a parachurch ministry or a church, be it physical, because now you have online churches? Can you be a leader of a church or a ministry and not have a vision, given what we just talked about a vision being? Vision requires change. You can't come into a vision and stay the same way you are in the present. Vision projects, it propels you into the future. And for you to come into that new future, you must change. You must embrace change. So resistance to change we find in the church is often due to loyalty, to traditions, complacency, and also fear. And resistance to change is very common in the church. We have made some of our practices like doctrine. We have made some of our practices as if they come from the Bible, but they are traditions. They are denominational traditions or cultural traditions or racial traditions or generational traditions. They are traditions. But when vision demands that we change and walk away and adjust how we're doing things and possibly lay some of those traditions to rest, we resist 
the change that vision demands and therefore not come into what that vision promises. What are some of the consequences of resistance to change? One we see is no church growth. No change yields no growth. So if you keep doing the same thing from year to year, decade to decade, the church will stay the same. I know some churches like that. The same few people have been in the same little building for decades because they do nothing different. That means the church is stagnant. People aren't coming. And oftentimes, even though they're not coming, people are going. No growth. If anything, it's on a decline and there is a sense of stagnancy. You stand still. You're stuck because you're not doing anything different. But yet, if you talk to members and leaders, they, they expect different results. But somebody said it's insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. Vision demands change. Without embracing change, there'll be ineffective ministry work. The ministry will be ineffective. You're, it's like you're just moving, but not yielding, not producing, not having an impact. You, you'll become outdated. You'll be left behind. And once you start to get outdated and left behind, you'll find that your young people will leave your church. Young people on a whole are having less of an interest in going into a church building. And one of their main arguments is that the church is not relevant. Well, churches make themselves grossly irrelevant when they resist change. And change doesn't mean you don't do things the Bible way. Change doesn't mean you have to contradict the word of God. <laughs> so, you know, um, J.C. Penney, for example, is a store that struggled because they didn't catch up with online marketing, online sales, because people shop online a lot. They still relied heavily on brick and mortar selling stores. So things may change in Christendom. It's you still preach and teach the authentic, unmitigated, unwatered down word. But some changes can be made to blend into the times and peoples that we are serving. So without embracing change to uh, accomplish, come into that vision, you will be stagnant. The church won't grow. Your ministry will be ineffective. You become outdated and left behind. And the first people to leave your church are young people. And I will dare say a church without young people is a dying church if it's not already dead. Many church leaders are satisfied with merely convening church services. They're comfortable. And remember, a leader with a vision is discontent. They're not satisfied with status quo. Many church leaders, if they have a program from week to week and all the slots on the program are filled, they're good. If they have that annual event or that quarterly event 
and they have a speaker, worship leader, teacher, whatever they do, and that's filled and a potluck afterwards, they're fine. That's church as usual. But a, a visionary is always in a state of unrest, always looking for how can I enhance? How can I move forward to the bigger and brighter future called vision? So why do we spend so much time keeping up with church activities and so little energy and resources going beyond the norm? Is it because the leaders of these ministries lack vision? I would dare say so. I would dare say so. So many church leaders function as independent entities rather than in partnership with other church leaders to accomplish the work of the ministry. So why is there an absence of vision? One of the reasons is many pastors have a church mentality instead of a kingdom mentality. When we have a kingdom mentality, the work of the ministry is about building the kingdom of God, not building your church. When you have a church mentality, you find it difficult to partner, truly partner with another ministry or pastor or pastors to build a bigger future, to build a bit bigger impact. And so you lack that vision to take you beyond your local assembly. So this is part of the lack of vision, why many church leaders function as independent entities rather than in partnership with other church leaders to accomplish the work of the ministry. It's not a business where business is competing to make more sales. It's partnership with one, it's co-laboring with one another to have a, a bigger impact here on earth. Another reason is, another reason for lack of vision is the style of leadership that many church leaders employ indicates that there needs to be less reliance on or less giving of attention to oneself or one's position or title. So leaders need to rely less on themselves and leaders need to give less attention to themselves and or to their position or title. When a leader is focused on themselves, when a leader is focused on the title, when a leader is reliant on their abilities and capabilities, they have lost sight of the vision or they simply do not have a vision because vision makes you dependent. Vision doesn't make you independent. Vision makes you know that this thing is bigger than you and you alone cannot do it. So that lack of partnership is indicative that this person doesn't have a thing that towers over them that they can't do it without relying first on the Almighty God and without partnering with others. So when leaders focus on themselves, goes to show that they have short-sightedness. Lack of vision is also called short-sightedness by me, a name I gave it. So what do leaders with a vision look like? First of all, they are entirely dependent on God. They know they can't do this in their own strength, their own abilities, their own talents. Because a vision is always bigger than you. Your vision should always outlive you. 
you should not die with your vision or you mishandle it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You should not die with your vision or clearly you mishandled it. A vision will humble you because this thing is bigger, larger, huger, mammoth compared to you. Your mind can conceive it. It will make you humble. It will make you seek help. It will make you accept help when it comes. It will make you know you can't own this thing. Vision is not empowering. It doesn't empower you. Vision is not self-serving. Let me say it differently. Vision is never self-serving. Never, ever self-serving. Vision gives you the kingdom mentality, not the church mentality. So leaders with a vision do not settle for the norm. They are not afraid of change. They are lifelong learners. They are risk takers and they intentionally pursue change for the better. Can I say that again? They intentionally, not accidentally bump into it. They intentionally pursue change for the better. They are lifelong learners. They know they don't know it all. They're uncomfortable with the present. They see the brighter future and they know they have to garner some knowledge, some skills, some resources, some help, some partnerships to get there. And they know they can't keep doing what they always did to get there. So they are willing to take risks. Leaders with a vision do not lead cautiously. Leaders with a vision do not lead cautiously. Leaders with a vision take risks. Leaders with a vision know that no vision can be realized without self-sacrifice and no vision can be realized in isolation. Too many pastors are out there by themselves. These pop-up churches, these self-instituted leaders and pastors that are short-sighted, that are solely focused on the four walls, that have a program week to week to week with no changes, no growth, no development, no risk-taking. It can't be accomplished. Vision cannot be accomplished without putting your life on the line. It will not be accomplished if you, if you are out there as an independent entity, like a business running church. It's about building the kingdom of God. When Nehemiah was building the wall of, walls of Jerusalem, he didn't try to do it by himself. He got a team together. He, everybody had their role. This is to happen within your local assembly, but it is also to happen across assemblies to build the kingdom. Yes, the father might have put you over a, a local body of people and you should be a faithful shepherd there, but you also have kingdom responsibilities beyond your local assembly. So vision prioritizes values. Vision creates tension between what is and what could and should be. Leaders upset the status quo. Leaders with a vision, I should say, upset the status quo. They stir up things. They, they push people. They 
inject passion and, and, and greater desires and, and growth desires in people because they're not settled with the present. So vision will put your values and your priorities in line accordingly with a vision. You're not all over the place because you're going somewhere. You're navigating your way towards that target. That's what vision does. You're not involved in everything. You're not doing everything because vision is calling you to a set destination. And because you're going there, you're discontent with this, you will stir up tension, not in a negative way, but in a provocative way. Scripture says, provoke each other to good works. Vision will do that. Amen. Amen. Vision demands and embraces change. We said that. Vision implies movement. You cannot have a vision and be standing still. You cannot have a vision or working towards your vision and not moving. And vision makes a difference. It is leaders with a vision that truly make a difference. It is leaders with a vision that have an impact. Because when people look at what it was yesteryear and what it is today, they know that you're moving. They know that you're going somewhere. Without a vision, you're standing still. Vision makes a difference at the individual level and at the corporate level. And the leader must remember that this vision is not for them. It's not to serve them. It is to serve the ministry. And if you're serving the ministry, you're serving people. Vision stimulates growth, personal level, corporate level. Vision brings things into focus, defines purpose, sets direction, and brings about order. That's what vision does, because I'm going to point C. That's my vision. So it's going to bring about order. So I'm not trying to go to point F, but I'm going to point C. And vision is clear to me. It defines my purpose. My purpose is to work towards point C, not F. It gives direction. My vision is to work towards C, not F. It brings order into what I do. What I do is directed toward point C, not point F. And it promotes unity. Write the vision, make it plain so that them that hear it will take it and run with it. That's what vision does. The leader's job is to be clear about the vision and convey it to the people. Be passionate about it so that as a leader, you can influence others to come on board with you for this vision. Now you have unity between you and them and everybody is working towards the same vision. Vision promotes unity. So, that is the first wound of the church, that without vision, the church will be stagnant, outdated. Young people will leave. The ministry will be ineffective. And with vision, there's movement, definition, purpose, humility, knowing you can't do this by yourself. I have just literally skimmed the surface of that chapter and would invite you to go into the book and read it in its entirety to see what the Lord is saying to the body of Christ, especially church leaders and ministry leads. Everybody, but especially church leaders and ministry leads.
Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of All Things Faithful. I'm excited about teaching the word of God. This is where we grow together. This is where we make the word of God practical. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downer. Twitter is Books Rosemary. My website is booksbyrosemary.com. The book, again, is The Cell Scar Church, Healing for the Seven Most Damaging Self-Inflicted Wounds to the Church. And in the previous episode, I talk about why it's called self-inflicted wounds. We, as the church, can damage the church if we misconduct ourselves. Lack of vision is damaging to the church, and it's a self-inflicted wound because we are the church. So you can find this book on Amazon. You can also find it on Barnes & Noble, as well as my website, booksbyrosemary.com. Thanks again for joining. Please subscribe. Please like. Please share. Please ask questions. Please comment. And again, one more time, I must say thank you for joining me on this episode of All Things Faith Walk, where the Word of God is made practical. The Lord bless you and bless you and bless you again. Until next time.